We already we already bantered bantered a bunch. <laughs> anyway, yeah. whatever. It was uh, it's a good time though. Yeah, I'm excited for them to hear it. Welcome to Nerd Critic, a deep dive into big movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. I am here with Jordan, our studied and credentialed critic. That's me. That's you. And I am here with CJ, That's our me. resident nerd, yes. wearing his Batman shirt. Uh, my oh, Nightwing shirt no, with my Titans. Titans shirt underneath. I saw a T and an A and I just thought it was Batman, Batman. but it's not. It's not. It does kind of look like Batman. It, it says DC above. But it's yeah. not. It's not Batman. It is Titans. Titans shirt. Yes. With your Nightwing shirt over top. Yes. And Which, your glasses. And my glasses. Your nerdy glasses. My, always. Always. I think I'm I think I'm gonna order another pair so that I can like I wanna like be Harry I wanna be glasses. a nerd, but I wanna be a nerd with style. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and true nerds with style have multiple glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you pick out the glasses that go yeah. with your outfit. Yeah. And uh, I only have one pair, so I need to step up my game. True story, when I see you without glasses, uh, I get uncomfortable. <laughs> You know, I didn't start wearing glasses till I was like 22. Oh man! Yeah. So. So your eyesight's not that bad. Uh, 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 I was told that my eyes are aging at the rate of a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> that seems really appropriate. Uh, it does. <laughs> it does. Your career is also advancing at the rate of a middle-aged man. <laughs> uh, there's positives and negatives. Yes, yeah, pros and cons <laughs> to being a CJ. Um, all right. Well, today uh, we were talking about Hobbs and Shaw, but before we before we dive into that movie, um, we have a few announcements. Uh, first of all, there are three three nerd critic nonsenses up on nerd critic to the max. Which is what we're calling our premium stuff on Himalaya. See, well, what you guys don't see is that when he does to the, he uses his arms to do parentheses. Air parentheticals. <laughs> it's not air quotes. It's, I mean, he, and it's not small either. It was like his whole side. It, it was nerd <laughs> hands to the max. Yeah, that's right. It was, uh, so yeah, it, we have three up there now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, they're good. Probably, I think for some good. for some people, I'm sure great. it's really. I think all they're rather of our humorous. Are so good, yeah. <laughs> uh, all very valuable, especially yeah. about dad jokes. <laughs> yes, uh, just <laughs> very important stuff we're discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. World problems we're solving. Yes. Uh, our second announcement is that Jordan was a guest. No. Uh, on another podcast. No. You what? were. Which one? Uh, it's called Two Nerds and a Joke. I'm going to go listen to it. Uh, and I I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. <laughs> uh, because it's uh, rather appropriate that you went on a different podcast with the word nerd in the title. That's right. That's as right. the critic. It's great. They were really nice guys. I had a really good time. And uh, felt like I sounded smart sometimes. So... <laughs> I kind of like will not, on this. I will not podcast. be. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> much like this podcast, I will not be going back to listen to that episode because I will be embarrassed. <laughs> well, I'm excited to go and judge you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and our third uh, and final announcement before we dive nerd in nerd announcement. Nerd announcement. Nerd. That's too hard to say. Nerd. Nerd announcement. I, I don't know if it, I. I said it just fine. <laughs> First try. This sounds. Intoxicated. Uh, our third nerd announcement <laughs> uh, is that we have a shop now. Uh, Real Contender uh, has, 
has a couple of productions and there will be more uh, coming later this year. And you can find uh, different merchandise to purchase on realcontender.com slash shop. Uh, and if you are looking to uh, kind of support us, uh, you know, nerd, nerd, or nerd critic to the max is one way to do it. And then another way is to, uh, is to check out the shop and purchase a thing or two and then rep it and tell everybody what it is. That's right. That's right. Like me. I have a story. Yes. I think I saw and, a picture of this story. Yeah, I sent you a picture, and then I posted it on Facebook, and you didn't say anything because it was a lot bigger deal than you. Like, I sent you the picture, and you're just like, cool. <laughs> it was – I thought it was very cool. I thought it was uh, – I'm sorry. I forgot it's the fine. word very. It was very, it was, very cool. It was cool. It was very cool. Uh, so I was at Universal City Walk in Los Angeles, and if you've never been there, there's a theater, and it's a – giant kind of hangout space with shops and restaurants and stuff. And when we came out of the movie, we came out of Hobbs and Shaw, which is what we're discussing today, my wife and I, and there was a DJ and he was doing his DJ thing. And there was a camera with a, with a giant teleprompter, not teleprompter, uh, jumbotron. And the camera was just kind of sweeping over people and it would like zoom in on people as they were dancing to the music. So we went and stood in the crowd and the camera kind of went over me for a second. And I was like, now is my chance. (laughs) And so I busted a move and the DJ stopped the music and he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) He's like, you, sir, you need to come up to the front. So I went up to the front and I was wearing a jacket and I was like, dude, I'm on this giant jumbotron. I I need some free advertising here. I took off my jacket to show my nerd critic t-shirt. And I had a dance battle with an 11 year old girl (laughs) in front of like 1200 people wearing my nerd critic t-shirt. Stomp that little girl. I absolutely won. All right. (laughs) Believe it or not, I got some moves people. You know, if our, if our fame only costs, (laughs) The dignity of one 11-year-old girl. That's fine. Listen. Worth it. Totally worth it. She was good. She was really good. (laughs) But I won. (laughs) I would expect nothing less. That is awesome. What a great story. It was was a good time. I didn't didn't hear the whole story. I only saw the Uh, picture. I will will repost a nerd critic, but uh, my my wife recorded it all. So I will... I will. Uh, I cut it together for like a three or four minute video. So Amazing. I will post it to Nerd Critics Instagram oh, yes. and Facebook, uh, and Twitter. I don't think I told you, but we have a Twitter now. Oh, okay. uh, and so I'll post it. And you guys can go check it out. It's a good time. It's a good. You'll get a good laugh. That's to see a big man like me bust a move is hard not to laugh at. You know, so it's good. quite excellent. It's a good time. Quite excellent. Well, should we talk about? Fast and Furious presents colon Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Can we just call it Hobbs and Shaw? Yes. Okay. But we should call out that in this title there are two <laughs> ampersands. Two. Two ampersands. Fast. Ampersand Furious presents, presents colon Hobbs, Hobbs ampersand <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> Man. It's title gore. That's title it's gore for you. Uh, still doesn't beat... Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. No, that one is impossible. Uh, and and that you know, is the best movie with the worst title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there is ever a movie that we cover on this podcast that has a more difficult title to write than that one, we'll do a giveaway. Yeah. Okay. All right? Yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> that right. seems like a fair promise. <laughs>
All right, so we just a really quick note about who this movie is from. It was directed by David Leitch, uh, Leitch, Leitch, who also directed John Wick, Atomic Blonde, and Deadpool 2. So, um, you know, yeah. he's coming in and they're, they're bringing in a big gun for this uh, movie. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. A lot yeah. of fun to, to, see, to see that happen. Um, it was also written by the Fast and Furious veteran Chris Morgan, as well as Drew Pierce, whose most significant writing credit before this is probably Iron Man 3. Although, um, I think if you look back into, if you kind of do like an IMDb research project, um, it, it's unclear what his contributions were to mm. previous pro- properties. But, uh, I, so I think it's probably fair to say, and this does feel the most like a Chris Morgan movie, insofar as it feels like it, it definitely belongs in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, I would absolutely. Say. Yeah. Tonally, yeah. quality-wise, yeah. et cetera. Uh, that segues us into the spoil-free. My first spoil-free uh, comment to make. Love uh, to hear it. Let's segue in, all right? I'm, I'm, seg- I'm there. This movie... Mm-hmm. was exactly what I thought it would be. <laughs> so, And I'm pretty sure it was exactly what most people thought it would be. So yes. if you're the kind of person, and, and we're doing the spoil-free for those who have not seen the movie yet. So if you are listening to this wondering, should I go see this movie? Watch the trailer. If you're like, yeah, go watch the movie. Yes. If you're like, not interested, don't yes. because it is everything that it you is. think it will be based <laughs> off the trailer. Precisely what you expect. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of, of, of surprises sort of that we'll get into later. Some um, good, some bad. Yeah. I would okay. say, well, and one I can, I think I can say without spoiling anything. Um, I would say that I was a little bit surprised at how frequently the movie sort of accidentally begged you to take it seriously. <laughs> like, Interesting. There was a kind of an apologetic earnestness to some of the scenes where it was like, whoops, sorry, we got kind of serious, yeah. but we're too far in now. <laughs> we're going to have to just keep delivering these lines. And then it just, it was just interesting to me because I felt like, you know, it's hard to say which, I think this has been something that is also very much in line with Fast and Furious movies. Um, they seem to have gotten more self-aware and more, you know, what, yeah. like they know what they're doing and they know what they're about and they know why you're there. But then also they can't help but try to be sort of self-important sometimes. Interesting. You know? Okay. So I, I wonder if my next point is connected to that one. You tell me if it is. Go for it. Okay. Uh, Vanessa Kirby hmm? is way too good for this movie. <laughs> Yes. Is, yes. Is, it's almost like is that skin, connected? It's almost like a skin graft that's getting rejected. <laughs> like that's a that's a beautiful piece of skin. That body does not, does want. not want that piece of skin on it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I because so these these moments that you're talking about these. Oh, I. By the are, way, that's that sounded kind of offensive. I am not implying that Vanessa Kirby is just a piece of skin. I was okay. really just leaning no, way no. too much into the metaphor. <laughs> Uh, but that's that was a really no, accidentally objectifying statement, and that's not what I. We're did. very much uh, we're very much like honoring Vanessa Kirby because no, she was fantastic. She was like so much better of an actress than that. I mean, it was it was it was so obvious that she is a much better actor than anyone else in that movie. Uh, that it was that it was painful for me <laughs> because so so those moments of like. 
well, no, because there's there's the whole there's the whole going home scene to be mm-hmm. to be spoiler free. Well, yeah, I mean, we, but yeah, but you see it in the preview. Yeah, you see it in the preview. But uh, the whole the whole Samoan and going home and fighting there and all of that was a little was a little forced for me. But we'll get into that later. But the Vanessa Kirby stuff, th- those were the moments for me that seemed. Like 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 they brought her in so that she could kind of drive home this the the family and the sister and that yeah. relationship and those were the times that I was like this doesn't like it's okay because Vanessa Kirby is amazing but it doesn't belong in this movie mm. uh, so I and so I was that's why I said I wonder if you, your yeah comment I mean I think it's interesting because so I think the two the two um, uh, yeah the the two the two actors that are leaned on the most for the earnestness in this movie are Vanessa Kirby and Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who uh, <clears throat> is really great for very specific things. Yeah. And, and really not great for the kind of yes. emotional With gravity the, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. want. I, I agree. Scenes. He is getting a lot better at acting. Yeah. Like, you gotta go back and watch his early stuff. <laughs> okay? He might not seem great right now, but he is way better than he was. Yeah. So just, there is improvement. It's it, it was it was almost shocking how flat the some of the lines, the delivered lines mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. And and partly it was a writing problem. Like we're we're getting like kind of stunning cliches that are delivered without yeah. like any irony. And you're yeah. like, why did I just why is this being said on camera? Sure. And uh, and then and unfortunately, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the person delivering that line, and you're yeah. like, "This is a bad combination. <laughs> we are we need to get out of this scene real quick." Yeah. yeah. Um, and it that it was just bizarre how often that happened. And then to your point about the other scenes where, um, you know, uh, Vanessa Kirby is such a good actress that you are sort of unwillingly investing emotionally in a scene that she's in and you're like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be invested in this scene yeah. this way but she's so good she's that I really kind of good. am and it feels wrong <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, I yeah, I I mean, I'll I'll agree with that, and it's funny that we just don't talk about Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham, to his credit, is a known quantity. This guy totally. is perfectly, perfectly consistent. Yeah. he has done the same, <laughs> the exact same performance since like the Italian Job or the Transporter, yeah. which like it has not changed. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, uh, speaking of the Italian Job, there's oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, la- my last spoiler-free comment uh-huh. uh, is that, uh, and and maybe I maybe I shouldn't, but I will. Uh, <laughs> there are some fun cameos. There are. Yeah. There are some fun C- a couple things that just pop up that are delightful. So uh, overall, uh, my opinion of this movie is that it it was what I wanted it to be. It was far from perfect, but I was able to turn off my mind and have a good time. Uh, and I'll leave it there. If you are, as CJ said, the kind of person who sees the trailer and you're like, hell yeah, I need to see <laughs> yeah. that movie, then go see go it. Go see it. If you're the kind of person who sees the trailer and you're like, I don't know, go watch Mission Impossible instead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is absolutely perfect. <laughs> Especially, especially with that is the most intelligent thing you have said on this podcast. (laughs) That was amazing. Especially, especially with Vanessa Kirby, uh, (laughs) I was like, 
I just wish I was watching Mission yeah. Impossible. <laughs> I like really, really want to be watching Mission Impossible right now. Oh, um, that's so funny. Anyway. Oh man. So let's stuff. spoil it. Let's spoil. Right. It. Let's start off spoiling it by talking about possibly the best thing about this movie by far, which is what you were referring to. One of the things you might have been referring to. I don't know if you're referring to it in that way, but the cameos. Gameos. First of all. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> who? CJ, who am I thinking of right now? So I'm stopping. Okay. And saying. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. alert. Stop listening. We're not going to start spoiling we're the movie forward. for you. Okay. Starting now. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, uh, maybe he came uh, along with David Leitch. I don't know. It was. I, uh, I, well, I would uh, think so. Because the. Uh, the guy who plays Peter in Deadpool 2, two was also, also in so wonderful, <laughs> also wonderful fantastic cameo. Uh, so I, I would assume so that they came with the director. But yeah, yeah Ryan Reynolds, like, I, I love, I love that Ryan Reynolds is like, you know what? I'm typecast and I'm okay with it because <laughs> yeah. I'm Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. People know what to expect. He's doing a real specific thing. It works is, for him. It's he is really funny. Very Ryan Reynolds in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, and it's and great. All the best. I mean, all of the best jokes. Are his, and I'm yeah, wondering if he wrote wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's very possible that yeah. he wrote those scenes, or yeah. at least part of them, yeah. because nothing else in the movie matches it. Yeah, nothing. Like anytime Ryan Reynolds is on screen, I, I guarantee it was just like a "Hey, you do you." Like yeah. you, you know what the the structure of the scene is. You do you. Yeah, it had uh, to have been. Had to have been because literally nothing else matches. It's it's if you if any there. I think he's in the movie like three times, and yeah. including like a pretty wonderful end credit scene. And uh, and it just, yeah, it's just really funny. And it's so unlike anything else in the rest of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it fits either. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, and then the second cameo that uh, that was that was delightful. I enjoyed it. Kevin Hart. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> when Kevin Hart. Oh, yes. <laughs> when that... he turns around. The reason that I loved it so much, and this is this is getting, uh, uh, this is this is part of my critic. Side. Okay, go for do, it. Do, do I dive no, in now? Yeah. All, right, all right, all right. One of the things that I despised about this movie, and <laughs> oh, let me, oh, huh, and let, in hot. <laughs> I'm coming in hot, <laughs> and let me say that um, I'm gonna officially come out of my my Fast and Furious closet and say, Oh yeah, we need to hear this now. I love these movies. <laughs> okay, I said it. It's there. I hate that I love them, but I do. I have seen all of the Fast and Furious movies multiple times. Spoiler alert, that is our episode for the Off the Shelf next yes. week. Yes, yes. So for look forward to episode. CJ talking about Fast yeah, and the Furious. Yeah, deep nerd on Fast and Furious. And, I, and it, it's because they have a superhero element that it's like, I, I have to turn off reality. And I really, really enjoy them. Um, and I also don't hate the Transformers movies as much as I say. But that's fine. <laughs> We're talking about Fast and the Furious. So... Uh, I, I just want to make sure that you guys know that there is some love there. The thing that I, the thing that I hated the most about this movie was something that worked in the first scene where Hobbs and Shaw are together in that glass room, uh-huh. right? Which is this lack for a better term, dick comparison, right? <laughs> this going back and forth. I'm better. I'm bigger. I'm harder. I'm more manly. And it was funny because they took like one-liner shots back and forth. Yeah, didn't quite land how they wanted it to, but it was it was funny. Yeah, there enough. were there were some genuinely great moments. Yeah, there and yeah. and after that moment, 
don't give me that anymore. I did not want to see this, this like misogynistic manly version of one-upping. And I get that that's what this franchise is. And that's what those two characters are. And I understand that that is needed, but I think that you could have gone like a, like a quippy disagreement with maybe the occasional, like, typical manly man comment but like uh if you remember how wolverine and cyclops butt heads in the x-men franchise that is they're not they're not doing this like i'm bigger stronger i have bigger muscles no i'm stealth which is more important no i'm better at sex no you know and they just it was like it was it was such a one track man. Yeah, it was one typical joke. Mind. It was one joke that over played, and over that, and over. They got hit beaten like a bad drum. So now to bring it back to the nerd out part, that was the reason I loved loved Kevin Hart's cameo so much yeah. was because they're doing this comparison back and forth and they involve the sister, right? Like, if your sister wants to climb this mountain of a tattooed, gorgeous man, right? Yeah. And then Kevin Hart turns around and just mocks yeah. the idea. Just diffuses the whole thing. The whole thing. Mocks the entire idea that their size matters. <laughs> He's like, what you, what you mentioned, like, four, 300? He's like, a little less. He's like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he just diffuses the entire thing, makes fun of it, and we move on. Yeah. Which I think... It was like a cameo that felt so necessary, I just really liked it. I think that was... Uh, I think I can maybe go on record as saying that that might be one of my favorite Kevin Hart moments of all. I Kevin would Hart agree. Moments. I would agree because uh, Kevin Hart is an, a comedic actor. I don't I, his stand up is fine. I'm not like a huge Kevin Hart fan of his stand up, but he's as a comedic actor. I want to love him because I love the way he comes across on screen. Yeah, I love his presence. And his natural comedic charisma so much, but I haven't yet seen a movie mm-hmm. where it's like really taken advantage of. Yeah, um, and I think maybe the closest that's come is like Jumanji. But like, did you see Central Intelligence? Yeah, I hated it. Did you hate I it? I hated it. I, I was so it. disappointed. Mm. I was so disappointed. And uh, and that and you know and that's a so so for the, in this like when he comes into the scene it was like I was like that is the exact version of Kevin like that is what I want to see Kevin Hart yeah, doing yeah is like this he just really like fantastic rapid fire hilarity like mm-hmm. it's re- he's really good and I just anyway love that love that scene yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right <sighs> I got I I mean I went quick on a rant you did and I appreciate it I want to go <laughs> I want to go on a rant now okay it's go my ahead. turn yeah it's my turn to go on a rant. This movie requires rants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a ranty movie. Um, does every action movie need to be a spy movie? <laughs> does, uh, do, does every hero in an action franchise need to, like, go after a virus that could end all life in the world yeah. or after a megalomaniac <laughs> like, who's trying to secure a blah, blah? It's just like every – like, what happened to Die Hard when it was just money? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, honestly, I believe – I just want, I want different stakes. I want different organizations. I'm tired of like secret criminal organizations. They're so boring. This movie was so cookie cutter. I could barely stand it. Like it's something I, I, you know how much I love the Mission Impossible franchise. I am a huge fan of the Mission Impossible franchise. They do this better than anybody pretty much um, with the, with the occasional exception of like a, 
you know, a one-off or a, you know, one of the three good Bond movies. Wow, I could get a lot of hate for that. <laughs> one of the maybe three good <laughs> Bond movies. Um, and uh, and so... <laughs> you had a death stare. I, like I, you were staring in the eyes of everybody that disagreed with you, yeah. not backing down. <laughs> that was amazing. Continue. Casino, <laughs> Royale, Skyfall, and then I'll let you pick the third but that's 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 as far as I go with Bond. Anyway, <laughs> listen. My point is, Mission Impossible does the spy movie thing better than almost anybody, especially now. And uh, and even with Mission Impossible, I'm getting a little tired yeah. of it. Yeah. It's like because every it's like it's it's like oh we're doing an action movie. Oh well, uh, there's an organization that's trying to do this. They got uranium, and they're blah. it's just like there's only so many stories, you know. And it's just it's gotten really boring and i feel like there's you know if you're gonna tell the same same old story i i mentioned die hard i love i love die hard because um and this is an old movie so uh it doesn't really count but like but even then they knew how cliche this stuff was and they called it out so hans gruber is this like smart mysterious Mm -hmm. scary bad guy right and at one point at one point Bruce Willis, or actually, I think it might have been his um, his wife or ex wife in the movie who calls it out. But somebody basically, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Somebody calls him out and says, "Oh, it's just money. You're just trying to steal a bunch of money." Because he's been going on these like villain monologues about how you know all these like <laughs> yeah. high whatever. He's like, "No, you're just you're just trying to steal a bunch of money." Yeah, like y- this is you are the you are boring. You think you're so interesting and cool, but all you want to do is steal a bunch of money, sure. and you're killing a bunch of people and burning stuff down just so you can make off with a bunch of money. Like you're despicable, and that like I love that moment. I love that scene. I love that 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 little tirade because. Because um, ultimately, that's like the universal, ex- universally accessible thing. Everybody can picture themselves in the shoes of somebody who's trying to go get a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah. so you you don't need a lot more motivation. So this whole like we're trying to create a super race and blah, blah, it's just it's just you know. And it would be more forgivable if it was played like Get Smart was played. Um, you know, with Steve Carell, like the the adaptation of that TV show, which is absurdity, right? It's like chaos versus control. Like it's it knows that this is such an overplayed genre that it just makes fun of it from top to bottom. Yeah. And like that kind of thing is great. And I feel like we're at the point where Fast and Furious should be doing that. Yeah. Like that's what they should be doing. They should be finding their own way to uniquely satirize and poke fun at this incredibly overwrought genre mm-hmm. that we've seen way too much of. Anyway, there's my rant. Uh, I I completely agree with you. I uh, I realized that this movie was a, it was full of I like it but dot 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 yeah. ideas and moments. One of which is the idea of like a a virus that melts your insides. <laughs> like I like that like that almost does feel satirical. Like they could have yeah. taken it that direction, they, but they like didn't. But continue they, with it. They didn't continue with it. There was also like. There was no really Ryan Reynolds joking about what it does was like the the most state like the most kind of grounded we got in the threat. Like it was inside of her and then we heard that it melts the insides. Never saw it do anything. Never really did anything to her. What 
maybe it was, it was, it was maybe a, it was water. It was a I don't know. It was a, a plot football like yeah, like nothing more. I mean, yeah. it might as it might as well have been another movie that does this 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 that that treats this principle in an interesting new way is Mission Impossible Three, which calls it out. It calls it they call the plot football the rabbit's foot, and yeah. you never find out what it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And they and 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 the 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 best way to play that is the way they played it, which is there's this scene near the beginning where Simon Pegg's character is talking to Tom Cruise, and he's like, and he's like, what is it? And he's like, I don't know. And 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 he and he does and he has this whole thing of like all the things it could be, and he's like, the fact that we don't know makes it so much scarier, mm. you know? Yeah. And then you never find out. By the end, he says, Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, whatever, Tom Cruise, um, <laughs> is about to leave and retire with his wife. This is Mission Impossible 3, so spoiler alert. Um, anyway, and at the very end of the movie, he's saying, uh, he's like, so what is what is the rabbit's foot? And his boss is like, do you want to stay or do you want to leave? And he's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm leaving. And he's like, all right, see you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, I'm not going to tell you unless you stick around. Yeah. So And, and so you never get to find out, which is just beautiful. Anyway. Yeah. I, I it, Again, it was this idea. It was, it was like there was something there with Hobbs and Shaw. Like, there was something... Yeah. Like there was a couple of things that like there was there like were, a tentative willingness to like send up the whole thing, yeah. But then they didn't really, but then follow they didn't through. they didn't follow through with it yeah. at all. Um, like the, the the where they were going with Idris Elba, like there were, oh it, yeah, it felt like there were things there because okay, because I tried to like I tried to like articulate the backstory of Idris Elba and kind of that situation, uh, and I, and so because uh, it was it was him it was. Uh, I forget his name. What's his name? Uh, Brixton. So Brixton and Shaw like served together, and then there was like a line crossed or something, and I don't Shaw know. had to kill Brixton. Yeah. And he shot him, but it didn't kill him because this secret organization brought him back to life and made him Black Superman. <laughs> uh, but then, and then they framed Shaw for killing his team. Which the sister then heard about and thought oh, yeah. Shaw was bad. It was like it was like I kind of like what's going on, but I don't really know what's going. Like yeah. I like that there was there was some inter like things were connected, and that it, that that this one thing affected another, but like it wasn't clear. So it felt like it was a good idea that fell victim but to it's mediocre also writing. Totally unnecessary. Like this is one of the things. But it could have been is, cool. That, well, that, see that that is the that is the swan song of every failed screenwriter. <laughs> it could have been cool. It could well, have been. Sure, it could have. Lots of ideas could be cool. The problem, the 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 issue with bad screenwriting, the issue with bad storytelling, is that you uh, you you put in so many different things, and you get lost. You start to you know, problems start to multiply. So you're like, oh, well, I need this person to know this thing, and I need this person to care about this person for this reason, so I'm going to have this, per and I'm going to have this backstory, and then this, and then I'm going to, and then these people will know, and that, that will happen, and, the, and then suddenly you have this giant web, meaningless web, that does not serve the story, and you, and the, and because the, the writer is, like, so obsessed with, like, trying to get all the information out, what you get is a lot of little scenes of exposition that suggest this like really expansive interconnected story that does not matter. Like we, it doesn't matter. Okay. You like I'm going I'm going through this whole thing and it's like like the the fact does do Brixton and Shaw need to have had a past relationship? No. That's not what this movie is about. It has it makes no difference. It's not paid off at all. Yeah. It, like it's paid off in dialogue. It makes no difference to the action of this story. Yeah. 
None. So, so I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm going to push back on two things here. Okay, that maybe our listeners are thinking, and I'm going to try and read their minds in the future, and <laughs> say and say it. That's a pretty impressive skill. Thank you. The we'll see if I do it right. Two things. One, let's go back. Let's go back to this. Why, why not just about money and make it simple? Because I could see that if there was a movie that did that. You could sit there and complain. Why? Why just money? Well, can't you be no, more creative about, than that? It's about the execution. If you have interesting characters, so the reason that it worked really well in Die Hard is because it was it was part of it was freaking Hans Gruber of the character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, I'm not saying let, let have it be about money. What I what I'm saying is let's stop having it be the same. Like so so familiar that like we could tell the story for you. Sure. You know. Okay. And if you if you're gonna do that, then recognize that that's what you're doing and send it up. Or, like, do something surprising with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, at the end of the day, the virus turns out to be nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, whatever. Like, yeah. like, change it in some way that that alters the stakes in a surprising and, and, and delightful way. Okay, so then if we then go forward in this conversation about Brixton and Shaw having a past... Is that also about execution? Yeah, well, absolutely. It's about okay, execution. so so if it matters to the plot, then then great. do it. If okay. it doesn't matter to the plot, take it out. So what you're saying? We don't need it. So what you're saying is that that the the screenwriter probably got lost in the details and it was unnecessary. So take it out. Yes. If it was a if it was potentially a better script, then that that backstory could have been very satisfying and cool. It has to matter. Yeah. It has to matter to the story. Um, that's the that's the thing. It, like if you ever if you're gonna have backstory, if you're gonna have like th- like people are obsessed with backstory. Well, how do you know uh, if a character is you know how do you know how interesting a character is like without their backstory? Um, you don't need any backstory. Okay, I'm gonna call uh, I'm gonna call up a very recent show that I watched that I freaking love right now, um, and it's. Nothing like what we're talking about. It's an, it's an entirely different genre, but just for the sake of like making this one point. Okay. Okay. The show is called The Mick. It's been out for a while. I've just barely started watching it on Hulu. Um, and uh, the main character of that show, who I can't remember her, the actress's name, which is embarrassing because she's the she's one of the stars of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's fantastic. She's just absurd and wonderful. Anyway, Caitlin Olson. Uh, Maybe. No. Um, Uh Maybe. Anyway, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The Mick, she's um, just wonderful. Anyway, um, so the first thing you see in that show, like literally the first scene, like this is, you know, the show starts and this is what you're seeing, is her (laughs) walking through a store and just using products. (laughs) Like using deodorant and like throwing it away and like using mouthwash and throwing it away, like eating stuff, throwing it away, (laughs) like just using stuff and like messing things up and like messing with people and then like just walking through the store. She looks like she's probably drunk and then like leaving, grabbing a six pack out of the fridge, cracking one open and starting to drink it, leaving the rest with a homeless guy outside and then like walking out off camera. What do you know about her character? A lot. Everything. Yeah. It took 20 seconds, and you don't know any of her backstory. Mm-hmm. The, the problem with backstory is that, we, is that uh, bad writers or new writers think, 
we can't know who this character is unless we know where they come from and where they've been and what they've gone through. That's not true. It's not true. The way you find out about who what a character who a character is is by watching what they do. That's it. Hmm. So um, backstory is fine if it matters a lot to the plot. But in this case, I mean, you could take out almost all the backstory and it would yeah. alter the plot not at all. Yeah. Except for I'd you know you could make the argument about the Samoa scene, but. That was clearly just an excuse to go to Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. which is fine, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that because it's always, I mean, yeah, you hear backstory all the time, right? Yeah. Like one of the the cliches and funny parts about uh, the way that Hollywood portrays actors is that actors will always say, it's about the backstory. you got to make up the backstory for your character. Yeah. Right? And so it's uh, it's Actors may need to. Actors sure. may need to. Like, if you, you need to how know they where you're coming became from, what they how are. you get into the scene, yeah. great. But, like, your audience probably doesn't need to know what the backstory is. Yeah. That makes sense. it's just, unless, once again, unless it matters to the plot. Yeah, makes anyway. sense. Let's, uh, let's go back to Samoa. Okay. Okay. Uh, I prefer not to. I, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, this was another I liked. I liked the idea, but because mm-hmm. I liked in the trailer, I was all sorts of jazzed about going to Samoa. <laughs> like uh, it was, it was one of those eye rolly moments of like, okay, they're gonna take on like obviously these like mercenaries with sticks. Like, yeah, I get it, but. It, it felt a, it felt definitely forced, mm-hmm. and it basically felt like. <laughs> it felt like The Rock was saying, hey, guys, if you're the highest paid actor in the world, then your minority can get representation, too. <laughs> it's like, look, I've I, in the past like several movies I've done, we've gone to Samoa, or there's been a focus on it. That's really cool. You're The Rock. I get it. It's awesome. Great. It's Fast and Furious. But like, it didn't. Do, go like, go, go for back. it. Why yeah, not? Awesome. Right? If there's, if there's a franchise to do it. Uh, but it. But it didn't land right for me at all because it, it wasn't. Like, they could have, I don't know. I don't know. They could have gone anywhere. I didn't care about no, The it, Rock it, and his brother no, it and was, any of that. It, 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 it didn't. Yeah, once again. And it's a chop shop. It and was, it's like, oh, man. Best engineer I know. Yeah. Like, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, you, yeah, like you've sure. done these other movies with these other engineers and these other, like, like ludicrous. You're going to have to. Like, he's a pretty good one, too. You have to set it up a lot more interestingly, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, don't mind know. if they go to Samoa, but like, give me a, give give me me a, a better l- reason. A better reason, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, yeah. <laughs> but the wait a second, they flew, but they, wait, how did they get? How'd they get to Samoa all of a sudden? And this little phone call to Kevin yeah. Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> just to be like, yeah, yep. yeah, we figured it out, guys. There's no plot hole. We figured it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just was uh, the whole. It felt very like, that's got, like they got to a, the point in the, str- the a script. Papered and then, over, a papered over plot hole. Which yeah, means you're still gonna ruin your car if you drive over yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> like they got to the point in the script and they're like, oh crap, they're supposed to mean Samoa for the third act. Uh, There's a good chance that that's why Kevin Hart's character. Let's even throw made Kevin it in. Hart in there, like the in Air the Marshal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they meet an Air Marshal, and yeah. then he's for some reason has access to every yeah. kind of transportation at a moment's notice. Yeah. Which again, I love these movies because I love what dumb fun they are. Yeah. This one felt a. Uh, uh, I don't it, know if, if it was dumber. I don't know if it was. It dumber. wasn't. It wasn't dumber. What I'm saying is that it felt. It definitely, definitely was not dumber. Okay. Yeah. If you've seen the other movies. It's not dumber, well, but we're going to talk about the other. We movies. will, but the the difference between this one is that I think it took itself a little too seriously, mm-hmm. and if it didn't, if it was like because Fast and the Furious Eight, if you remember that, 
they have a bunch of cars driving on ice as if it's sand. There, okay. Well, there was one. There was so there was that whole thing between Vin Diesel and Charlize Theron that yeah. was cringy, cringy, cringy. Yeah, like all the way through. But wasn't it so great? It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad that oh man. And you know, in that in those moments too, I was like, Do you guys know? Do you guys know? Yeah. I I feel like you don't. I, I feel like someone in in the fast in the other ones I felt like they knew. Yeah, I don't in know. from like five to eight, I felt like they knew. This one, it felt like they lost it a little bit. Maybe, maybe because they were like, we we have the every Rock time Vin Diesel Kirk. talks about how important family is. I don't think they know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it's part of it, Jordan. It's we'll get there. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, cool. Well, you know what? I don't have anything else to say about this movie. <laughs> I, I I feel like we rushed over the nerd because we got on a couple. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's. Let, so I have some positive thing. Oh, yeah, I have some positive love, things yeah. to say about it. So uh, so oh, we we forgot one of the cameos, which is Helen Mirren. Oh yeah, well yeah yeah so delightful. I I hope also looks like she belongs in this movie. Like, absolutely, totally gets the right. Everything. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and I'm really excited. Have you seen the movies, the Red movies, Red and Red yeah. Two? Yeah. If I they if they have a one. second Hobbs and Shaw and Helen Mirren dips into that Red version of her, I'm absolutely in. One hundred percent. Yes, excited they will, about and it. she will. Yes, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I appreciate that they turned down the belligerent sexualization of women. Oh, yeah, that's true. There was there was a, a there shot was or like, two. I think one butt shot. There was one butt shot. They were like, oh, we have to get the butt shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's Fast and Furious. And it's like to. right at the beginning. Like, yeah. just get it out of the way. <laughs> uh, it was it was, a, it was one butt shot. And, and then it was like the, the two women that they feature are like really hard, powerful women. So yeah. it was it was cool to that see that like they're really not sexualized much. Yeah. Although, except for the sort of bizarre the rock thing with like he's like he does more he does more to the objective does more for objectifying women in this movie than any other character he doesn't do a lot but <laughs> yeah. weirdly yeah. he's the guy yeah. who's doing it most. absolutely <laughs> um and then uh the last thing to nerd out about is the fact that the rock is huge yeah dude the rock is huge and i do, and he's at an age where he should not be that huge but like he's very large I also, uh, just a couple things that I really, truly just loved about this movie. Um, I really loved the introduction of all three main characters. I really loved at the very beginning the sort oh, yeah. of, the, the, the soundless, scored opening um, that brought us into the the scene with, um, with uh, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. Just, that, like, really artfully done. Yeah. Like, really lovely. Really and then good. when it turns into an action scene, it's one of, if not the coolest action scene in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's really, really, really cool. Really well handled. Just, like, I mean, what an introduction. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the movie I wanted to be watching. Like, mm-hmm. I was really stoked about it. It was awesome. And then I also really liked the way the, I, you know, it was, like, an easy, obvious choice, but, like, totally worked. The side-by-side yeah. introduction. They're the, the same, and, but yeah. different. It, but kind of the same. I, I loved yeah. it. Like, yeah. the whole, the whole like, breakfast sequence was yeah. just awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it was like, great. Like, so good. Yeah. Once again, how do you introduce a character? Like that. Yeah. You know? Like, watch I the mean, rock the, drink it, eggs. Yeah. And not and only then... that, not not only because you're talking about the Mick, right? You learned everything you need to know yeah. in 20 seconds. This showed everything that you need to know about two characters yeah. and their potential relationship. Yeah. 
In very, a minute. very elegantly. Yeah, very, very elegantly. well done. Yeah. I, I really, really like that a lot. Um, I just, just, I mean, hats off. So cool. Um, and and then just the the scene where they're both fighting. Okay, well, <laughs> whether you have to pick a door and yeah, <laughs> and they do the infrared thing. Okay, so first of all, that is the perfect scene for this movie. Like, that is the perfect kind of scene. It is so unnecessary that there are two hallways full yeah. of bad guys. There's just no reason for it at all. Yeah. It's arbitrarily two doors because there's two characters. <laughs> arbitrarily, they both go through one of them. Arbitrarily everything. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. So funny. So yeah. great. I like as advertised, that scene was hysterical and it was it was just great. I liked from beginning to end, I liked it. And and it's because it didn't matter, and the movie knew that it didn't matter. Yeah. And it was it existed in the movie for one reason, which was to deliver the fun and games that you went to the movie to see. Yeah. Which is The Rock being The Rock, and Jason Statham being Jason Statham, and like how funny that is yeah. in juxtaposition. I also I also want to bring up the two things. One, the uh, they they hit you over the head with it, but it kind of worked. The Jason Statham or Shaw is stealth. And Hobbs is brute force, sure. right? And in the hallway scene, same thing, yeah. right? I'll take it and I'll just punch him and the big guy's down and you have to like do all sorts of martial Acrobat arts. your yeah. way through. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, I get, I uh, and I and I enjoyed that. And then the, se- the second thing is that the end action sequence, I think was my favorite. In Under the Waterfall, the I'll take a punch and you can land a punch. Oh, yeah. I really that enjoyed cool. that. That, that was, was really, really cool. It was really cool. It was cool. like their work together, uh, and it was it was a mixture of brute force of taking a punch and stealth of I'm sneakily going to hit you while you're hitting him. Yeah. It was like this really, like, oh, cool. Now they get to work together. They have to use both of their strengths. Uh, and it would this the slow motion and the punching. It was cool. Um, it was very cool. My wife, while we were watching that, my wife leans over. And because it started to rain and it started and you started to hear thunder and the dude's full of metal. And my wife leans over and is like, oh, my gosh, lightning. And I was like, that would have been super cool to put the to put like they like they figure out some way to like hoist him in the air and get him. You know, you know, yeah. like, let's make it even more ridiculous. But I was satisfied enough with the ending. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Uh, do you have any do you care at all? who the person is that has a history with The Rock? I will tell you, CJ. Okay. <laughs> I do not care at I am so all. fascinated. I he has to have been in another movie. Do not care. Unless it is Paul freaking Walker. <laughs> I do not care. What if it's Ryan Reynolds? Sure. But <laughs> unlikely. Unlikely. I, I man, boy, could not care less. I'm like, so... I, can I tell you who I think it is? Yeah, sure. And maybe, and maybe we should. I have no idea either. Go ahead. I, uh, my <laughs> thought is, <laughs> it's, if you know the Fast and the Furious timeline at all, which most of you probably don't. Because Nobody does, CJ. I know. <laughs> One person in this world does. And, and it's, it's me! <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember. Um, <laughs> which we've established that you don't. So go on. The Shaw has a brother. That's how he was introduced. Owen Shaw. Oh. Uh, I think maybe it's him. Okay. Because he was uh, who last was he we in knew, the movies. Uh, he was in, uh, I believe it was the sixth movie. Okay. Uh, he was the bad guy, and Letty was had amnesia, which we know you oh, love. That was, and she was, yeah. and she was working for him, mm. and so the team stops. Oh, yeah. okay. And then at the end of that movie, 
Deckard Shaw is all pissed off that they put his brother in a coma. That's how he's introduced. But we've never gone back to Owen Shaw. Yeah. So I wonder if there's something there. Yeah. Okay. Sounds a little interesting. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Sure, CJ. I'll take the sure. Um, Woo! It's a win. So, uh, <laughs> sure it is, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed, but it's fine. Don't, I'll get over be. it. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> what's coming next for these? I mean, there's going to be another Hobbs and Shaw, right? There's going to be. There's going to be. Yeah, because they originally. They may not, there may not be more Fast and Furiouses. They may have transitioned no, to these. No, yeah. there's. they've announced oh. a ninth. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. I'm sorry that and you're kind li- of disappointed. Just a little dismayed. <laughs> No, I, I do wonder, because I think they're obviously making a universe. They've made a universe. It exists. Uh, and they originally, like with Tokyo Drift, the third one that had nothing to do with anything, they were going to do, it was going to be like an anthology. Save it for the next episode, CJ. Uh, well, I know, but it, it, it applies. They were going to do an anthology where they told mini stories inside of this larger universe. Sure. Uh, I could see them doing that. And taking, because they have mm, 10 to 15 like good characters that they could break off with. Well, certainly characters, yeah. Um, characters that exist. Yeah. Maybe like three. All right, like two good ones. <laughs> <laughs> the, they take turns. The, they do. Depends on the movie. Yeah. Depends, <laughs> depends on the movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know where they're going. I just know that they're going somewhere because these movies make so How much. How about money. a Gal Gadot feature in a Fast and Furious movie? I'm. I'm She's one of the Fast and Furious she characters. She is. It would have to go back in time, though, because she dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't even remember her dying, but I'm yeah. sure she did. She did. Um, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Okay. On Monday, we're going to be talking about the Fast and the Furious franchise. Saturday for subscribers. Saturday for subscribers, by the way. If you don't know what that means, it means that you can go on to Himalaya.com slash NerdCritic and you can become a premium listener and you can get our episodes two days early. Two days early. Among some other pretty dope benefits. That's right. That's right. Go check it out. And as always, everybody, if you have questions or comments or recommendations for anything, let us know. We're everywhere, <laughs> etc. cetera. Um, I do need to make note that... There will no longer be show notes, so to speak. There will be, uh, we send out a newsletter every Friday. You can get on it. Email, subscribe subscribe to the email list. Realcontender.com, you'll see the button. Realcontender.com or just Google Nerd Critic or whatever, whatever. You can get on the email list. Alternatively, if you are not into getting our Nerd Critic goodness in your email inbox once a week, um, I also post the uh, newsletter on the blog. There's a Nerd Critic blog that is also on the homepage of Nerd Critic. So you can see show notes on the blog post, which discusses all the announcements Boom. and everything else. Boom. So um, speaking of which, that uh, podcast that I was a guest on, yes. we will provide a link in the newsletter slash blog post. Sweet. Sounds good. I realized that I was uh, there was a lot of redundancy in my work. Uh, as I was making show notes for each episode. Oh, and sure. I was like, yeah, this is just, just going to uh, simplify it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, newsletter or blog yeah. or whatever you prefer. Yeah, sounds good. Um, thank you, Michael Bondmiller, for the fantabulous music. Indeed. And remember, everyone, to love movies like CJ <laughs> and respect them like me. <laughs> and cut. <laughs>